¿Qué pasa cuando muero? ¿Qué pasa cuando muero? ¿Qué pasa cuando muero? What happens when I die with me? 2W1. Yeah, I did podcasting for a while. I want, I'm going to bring it back right after I move. Yeah. Because I'm going to get like a, because I do video and everything. So yeah, yeah, yeah. a camera switcher, having it, have somebody engineering while I'm actively. Oh, recording. hell yeah. yeah. What kind of podcast were you doing? Um, it was like a long form conversation thing. Uh, like do like uh, two two hours, three hours. Yeah. You know, just sit down and really pick somebody's brain apart and really yeah. get into their deep inner thoughts. Yeah, that's rad. Good times. Yeah. So, how you been, man? How's uh, I'm I'm good. Um, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Uh, this, this is cool. Um, yeah. Um, also hungover. Like we said, we're both kind of hungover yeah. here. Yeah. So this will be a. <laughs> we're gonna we're, we're gonna get through this together. But. Yeah. This is gonna be a this is gonna be a real low key kind of kickback type yeah. of episode. Yeah. Which I am 100 percent okay with. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm on and off the wagon like, you know, one of those Oregon trailers with uh, dysentery, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On and off shitting and puking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just constantly leaving it on the side. Everybody can follow you by the trail of viscera you leave behind. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. So do you want to get, like, straight into it, into the subject matter? Is there something you want to talk about and ease um, into it? Wh- whatever you're feeling, man. I'm just, um, I'm here, and uh, let's let's talk about whatever yeah. you want to talk about. All right, let's... let's go straight into it. You ever have a near-death experience? I've had lots of near-death experiences. Yeah. I grew up uh, in a pretty uh, chaotic environment, a lot of domestic violence and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, I had multiple times where... I almost drowned. Like, it would be people messing around too much in the water. You yeah. held underwater a little too long. Yeah. I've had that happen. Uh, remember, even as a kid, we were playing uh, at the pond. My grandparents have a camp at. It's like kind of like, it's hard to explain. When I tell somebody a pond, they think like of a catfishing pond down south. Yeah. Like, in Maine, like in Maine, they have like these, pretty much like a small lake. Gotcha. Okay. But, yeah. Uh, That's what I think of when I think pond. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, we went. We were there, and I remember uh, we were playing like around like shallow water and like this like inner tube or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was like two feet like from the 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 bottom, uh, like the the you know the sand, whatever, and uh, the 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 surface and i got caught between that with mm. people on top of the inner tube and i couldn't get out. Yeah. <laughs> oh Jesus. Had that happen. Um, I've had. I had man, I remember we, I uh, flipped a three wheeler one time and landed on top of me like oh shit, Boston crab style. And, like, yeah, the rails on the back smacked me in the head, knocked a piece of my scalp out, dislocated oh, my shoulder. Um, there was a time in the uh, in the uh, during my time in the military where I was I was going through a pretty bad depression. I was living in the barracks, mm. and they had put me on Wellbutrin, um, which is a depression medicine. 
And uh, the Wellbutrin they were putting me on, they had me like on an overdose amount, like more than you're supposed to actually take. Oh, Jesus Christ. And I was having like these really vivid hallucinations every night. Yeah. Like I could like, like picture like you put like a bottle on the floor right now, right? Yeah. And you can walk around it and it takes up 3D space. Yeah. That's how intense the hallucinations were. Oh, okay. So like full visual. Full, like it fully took up its own space. I could walk around it. Yeah. It, It was... Yeah, but anyway, that led that led into me having a, a seizure. Oh uh, Jesus! One day. A very severe seizure. I woke uh, when I came to my uh, my baby mom at the time was my girlfriend at the time. Um, she had ran to like CQ desk and get like the NCO that was on duty or whatever, and he came up. And uh, I guess I came to whenever they got up there, and I'm I stand up out of bed and I'm naked because I'd been sleeping in my bed. You know, my dick's all hanging out, and I'm just okay. like completely unaware. Uh, he asked me like what my name was, what my jo- what what my job was, what the day yeah. was, and I didn't know shit. Like my brain was wiped. Jesus it Christ! Took, it took like a couple minutes for things to slowly start coming back. Yeah. So you were like baby blank slated. Yeah. Was, after that, it was scary. Um, but it was it, the funniest part is they took me to the ER and all that, and gave me some fluids and whatnot. And uh, I was at formation the next morning, ready to do PT. Like Jesus up and ready Christ, to go. <laughs> Just. Yeah. Yeah, it's that third core life, buddy, over there. Yeah. Mess. Jesus Absolute Christ, mess. dude. How how does that stuff, like, do you feel like you're affected by it in the long run? Like, just not just the seizure stuff, but, like, the near-death experiences. Has it, like... Well, like I said, there's been... Like, I'm just, like, grabbing stuff that I can think of real quick. You know, it's it's been that. It's been... Um, personally, uh, losing a lot of friends to suicide. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, just early deaths in general. Been surrounded by a lot of death. Um, and I will say, when I, from a very young age, I was way more aware of things than a child should be. Yeah. Like, uh, when I look at my children now and I see how they discuss things and how they interact with things, I'm like, man, they, they still. I've done a good job as a parent because I've been able to maintain their innocence. Yeah. me, I understood way too much about yeah. life. Like, I remember being, like, in third grade even, like, looking in the mirror, like, man, your face is changing. Like, I was, like, super hyper aware of everything, dude. It was... Yeah, there, the studies are starting to come out now to show that people who go through, like, childhood trauma, like, mm-hmm. their brain chemically grows mm-hmm. faster and becomes, like, chemically more mature mm-hmm. than their peers who don't go through similar types of trauma. That, that's interesting. That would make sense. Yeah. You know, I'm one of those, uh, your typical uh, gifted and talented people that, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. had aspirations to do much, but not the setting to get them done, Yeah. You know? Uh, poverty and whatnot, but yeah. Uh, another, I was listening yeah. to this. This um, he's a a teacher. He does Twitch streaming now, mm-hmm. and he was talking about how like gifted and talented students are technically special needs. Like mm-hmm. they need to be taught in specific ways and need yeah. to have their own specific classrooms. And like they don't do that, and it's fucking up all of these. Yeah. I I've these uh, you know. The last couple of years, I started reading up on autism and stuff, and I kind of realized, like, yeah, I've got some spectrum things yeah, going on, yeah, for sure. The yeah. ADHD, the uh, obsessive compulsiveness, sometimes, yeah, the anx- bad social anxiety here and there, yeah, which is hilarious, you know, being a comedian. Yeah, be, yeah. You know? I honestly, it's 
I think you have to at least be a little on the spectrum yeah. to be a comedian. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be a great comedian, you got to be pretty far on it. Yeah. In my personal opinion, my sibling mm-hmm. is pretty high up on the spectrum. Yeah. One of the funniest comics I've ever seen perform. That would, yeah, that's definitely yeah. right up my alley. There. <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, no, but like I was saying, like the hyper awareness and whatnot. Yeah. I got like into like ex existentialism and stuff. Yeah, when I was very little, like I would yeah. get hung up on death and stuff for long periods of time, mm-hmm. be very depressed, and even uh, and it's something I've I've gotten over and worked through and whatnot, you know, through uh, deep inner work, you know what I'm saying, and, yeah. and study and uh, definitely some psychedelics in there. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. definitely opened up uh, the old third eye. Um, what kind of studying? Like, uh, I, well, I just there's certain principles that I I done with myself in terms of trying to manage my emotions and mood and stuff. And as I got into these uh, different subjects, I started looking at how some of that ties into like Buddhism. Yeah. Um, and what's that dude's name? Uh, Alan Watts. Yeah, yeah. Listen to any Alan Watts. Uh, Alan Watts totally gets it. Like. Uh, like I said, like recently, I was kind of hung up on it a couple months ago, and I and I was, you know, just getting that 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 terrible nothingness feeling, you know, yeah. just creeping up on me. Um, and then you know, a couple weeks later, uh, we lost our dear friend Connor King, you know, yeah. Nelson. Um, so it was just kind of weird. It's almost like I felt something was coming. Yeah, you know? yeah. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. And then it was just there. And then we had to deal with it. And yeah. We're still dealing with it. It was a rough, rough time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, 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 kind of, that's, like I said, just those, those different traumas and like uh, the abusive situation I was in with my ex and stuff. And it just kind of, it made me do some deep soul searching. Yeah. And kind of like, you know, keep, keep pushing even when i'm absolutely miserable had yeah. suicidal ideations you yeah know, same yeah uh intrusive thoughts all that kind of stuff um and just finding a way to work through it and pretty much to, to summarize it's pretty much my whole outlook on life is you know things can be rough at any given time but if you don't give yourself for the opportunity for things to be good then they, then they never will yeah. be so yep. as long as you have, as long as you, no matter how bad bad things are, as long as you have a day to wake up to tomorrow, there's an opportunity for change and an opportunity yeah. for things to improve. Have you ever read any Albert Camus? I have. The French philosopher from the 40s. Um, he's, because you were talking about that void feeling, that yeah. kind of like nothingness, you know, that moment where like, for me, I work at a grocery store, and there's a moment where, like, you're stocking cans, and you're like, oh, this is what I do. Like, mm. in in this entire universe, I stock cans, and it doesn't really mean anything. Mm. Uh, and, like, it starts, everything starts to break apart, and you're just like, why do I drive? Why do I do all of this mm-hmm. stuff? Why? Like, why? Yeah. Uh, he refers to it as, like, the absurd uh, and his um, his big uh, take on the absurd is that, like, yeah, the universe is meaningless, mm-hmm. so that means through it, discover your own meaning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he goes into talking about, like, he's got this great book called The Myth of Sisyphus, 
which the entire the entire book is about like hey like killing yourself is not the answer mm-hmm. uh like the only true philosophical question in his in his uh in his mind is should we be able to kill ourselves and he mm-hmm. says no cuz it is a uh it's it's essentially a rejection of the absurd and mm-hmm. we as human beings are supposed to embrace it mm-hmm. so like the three things you can do are suicide which is a no mm-hmm. um you can become religious uh like a, a religious fanatic yeah. to try to come through meaning through that which he believes is like philosophical suicide mm-hmm. you're you're submitting to something yeah you're submitting to something you're ignoring the absurd mm-hmm. and just trying to be like oh no it's this thing that mm-hmm. makes everything whatever or b you just accept the absurd and then do whatever you're gonna do within that yeah. that abysmal playground yeah that's uh that's kind of um i always say i and i i know you mentioned that you've uh, grew up some in the church and whatnot. Yeah. Um, I also spent some time in the church and on and off when I was younger. Um, but you know, just seeing the politics of the whole thing. And yeah, yeah, really yeah. Are it's like this. This can't be the answer if people are like this. Yeah. So, to me, I'm, I'm I believe in personal spirituality mm-hmm. and each individual's personal journey. Yeah. And how you know it's up to their perception and and their experience. Mm-hmm. Um. And I for sure believe that, like, the laws of nature and the universe and whatnot is everything is, uh, it's, a, it's this perfect cyclical nature of things that, uh, like, like uh, for instance, uh, energy can't be destroyed, right? It's always just yeah. changing forms, you know what I'm saying? goes, you know, um, it, everything is just a push and a pull and a, a, an absorption and a change. And it's just this constant, constant movement. So that that's kind of that that works into my theories of uh, of death itself and how that works, um, because even w- what we are and we build ourselves into as people is entirely based on our surroundings, uh, the shell we're in, yeah. our ego and whatnot. And yeah. when we when we pass, the shell gets left here. All of that because there is always something. But the the thing that drives you behind all of your thoughts and your actions and what makes you you, there is an energy there behind that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, there's a there's a driving force. Yeah, uh, a chi, a will, yes. uh, something. Yep. Yeah, and and I believe that that is something that is a uh, persistence mm-hmm. in itself, and I believe that as humans and the way our brain is developed and uh our history and whatnot and trying to explain things is we try to put everything into this creationist um aspect of how everything works when in reality there could just be this entire state of being mm-hmm. you know what i mean it yeah just it is what it is yeah and that that goes into like I said like the energy thing i think when we drop the carcass here i mean look around you you're you are everything we are the universe you're the bugs and the fish and the yeah yeah the, the very the wind blowing the you know, the, it's, it's, the buddhist interconnectivity of like yeah. the um because like i've got a bunch of sutras right here i've started mm-hmm. diving into buddhism mm-hmm. and um i i was reading about something called thoughtful eating mm-hmm. which is where like when you're cooking you think about the entire uh, path these vegetables or mm-hmm. this meat took 
to get to you. So mm-hmm. going all the way back to like the farmer buying mm-hmm. the land and tilling it and then planting the seeds and then removing all the vegetables and putting it in a truck and then it getting to the grocery store and all mm-hmm. of that. And you realize like, oh, these things pass through so many hands mm-hmm. that um, we are more connected even when it comes to something as simple as like eating a cheeseburger. Okay. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. like it's it's a good visual representation of that connectivity you're talking about of like oh yeah mm-hmm. everything is feeding into and metamorphi- metamorphosizing into another thing mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and that goes back to your thing about stocking cans you're part of that chain yeah you're part of that web you yeah know what I'm saying that's it's... your that's your placement yeah. in the universe it's not that's not not anything to be ashamed of yeah not be happy about because you're doing a service yeah yeah i'm not i'm not ashamed of it it's just like it's well i mean not to be anxious yeah 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 Yeah. it's definitely like i can 100 percent like with certainty say it is like a it is a selfishness thing yeah of being like this is what i do yeah like you know and that's and that's okay it's always okay to want more that's you know it it's it's something to to learn to be to be happy with stability yeah to, and that's what everybody wants right yeah, it's the yeah. hardest thing to achieve is stability in all things you know mental, yeah. mental health finances everything but if you if you can have that little piece of that then you're already <coughs> bless you sorry <coughs> that's staying uh. <laughs> oh man i hope all the listeners will bless me um but uh yeah um to to be to to be happy and and satisfied with with stability is is one thing that people need to strive for but also yeah. uh not not to not to settle and be satisfied if you want more you know yeah. if there's things that you still aspire to do or aspire to achieve then do the work and understand by the things that you're doing those base things holding a down a job paying bills those are part of the process. That's part of the puzzle that can open up those other avenues yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely view my job as, like, there are some people out there who they want to be career people. Mm-hmm. I'm happy for those people. If that's what you want to do, I view my job as a means to an end. Like like you're Absolutely. saying, it pays my bills so I can go out and do comedy or I can get all of the products. I'm, I've started doing collage art mm-hmm. now, and it's something I really, like... I have a deep love for Mm. and it funds, you know, my job funds all of the glue and the canvases and all of that stuff to be able to, to hone in and practice on the thing that actually means something to me. That's good. Yeah, that's good. I think, I think everybody needs an outlet. Everybody needs something that they're passionate about, you know? Some people like NASCAR. Some people like Gundams. You yeah, know? yeah, 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 dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's only half my collection. <laughs> <laughs> I had um, after I got out of the military, at one point, I had I had like this uh this tall shelf at the house I was renting. So I saw like the different wrestling figures that were coming out. I was like, yeah, yeah. these are way cooler than the ones that when I was a kid. So yeah. I started collecting those. I had like a whole little setup. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, it was just it was one of the first little things I. I locked into was just to have a hobby, you know, just mm-hmm. to find something, do that, collect comics, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And, you know, make music and stuff. And, uh, you know, I eventually saw an open mic pop up on my, on my timeline. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go try to do comedy. And yeah. 
you know, went and I've told this story a thousand times, but I went and did uh, went and did my first open mic. I did decent, and I was just on the as I was leaving, as I was going home, I'm driving like I'm fucking, I'm, I'm tearing up, like I'm crying, I'm like I found my thing. Yeah, I'm yeah, so yeah, happy. yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's just a big uh, aha moment. The yeah. light bulb came on. You know? Yeah, it's always nice when you find that you know that Carl Young bliss, mm-hmm. that moment where you're just like, oh, because like the first time I did comedy, I bombed. Mm-hmm. I think I got one chuckle. And that single chuckle, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, yeah, 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 this is, like, I can, it's like, I, so the way I, I view it, I don't know if you view it the same way, I view comedy as, like, casting spells on people, mm. and you're making them lose control of their body for, like, a brief moment, mm-hmm. they're, like, you're you're casting something to activate something animalistic in them. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't control when we laugh. It just happens. It's involuntary. Yeah. yeah. So, like, triggering that is, like, the closest I think I will ever feel to being Merlin, of just being like, ha-ha! And they're like, oh, ha-ha-ha-ha. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's good. Um, Yeah, it's definitely... I get really into the... A student of the game. I get really into, like, I've, I've read some literature and watched tons and tons and tons of stand-up. Yeah. Start to pick apart the method the yeah. methodology of it you know um what was your what was do you remember your first joke my first joke yeah um yes it yeah. was about my ex-wife the first jokes were about my ex-wife oh yeah yeah it was uh so finally getting a divorce um you know i don't really hold any hard feelings we went through our ups and downs I'd be up at work, and she'd be going down on some guy named Hector or Jose or Juan or something. Yeah, this yeah, this is very very simple, very simple. Just, yeah, just dogging. But and I, I still I still tell that joke every once in a while. There's there's so much material that I've written. Some of it's throwaway stuff. Some of it, you know. And then as you as you're going along, you start to kind of see the blocks. And so yeah. when you do like a longer set, like a 20 minute feature or whatever, 30 minutes. You start putting those pieces together. Like that's the beauty of it is like there's no there's no set rule to it. If you no. have all this different material, you can arrange it any way you want yeah. and have a different set list every night. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's it's a lot like uh, like playing with Legos. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, oh, if I like if I structure my set this way, it flows like this, mm-hmm. and then if I structure it this way, it's all the same jokes, but the flow is so different mm-hmm. that like I feel different audiences react to the flow differently it's all about those transitions yeah and that's you know like you're talking about the getting the involuntary laughter and whatnot that's that's like one of the best parts is i can go into a room with people that if i had a conversation with them online or something i wouldn't agree with or something like that yeah and i can you know as political or religion stuff people usually don't touch every once in a while i'll throw something out there but I'll take people that would normally not agree with me, get them laughing, and by the time I get off stage, they agree with me. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. we're on the same side here. Yeah, like, yeah, of course we are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're having that conversation. You're having that uh, that dialogue, but mm-hmm. you're—I don't want to say sugarcoating it because that sounds kind yeah. of. Uh, um, but yeah, for lack of a better phrase, yeah. you're 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 putting a little bit of sugar into it for them to. 
yeah than just your idea yeah and, and like I, like i've said some you know i've said some outlandish things sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't you know yeah yeah um but that's part of the process it's it's uh experimental mm-hmm. you're figuring out what you can get away with you yeah. know maybe not just what you can get away with whether or not after you go back and review is like is, is this tacky what i'm doing am i punching yeah. down too much you yeah. know what i'm saying and that's something that you just have to learn over time because when i first started i was too once i got those initial like gasp reactions i got real hooked on getting those I yeah was like, <laughs> it and I, I just learned over time that's it's not the most productive way to write you no can, you, and especially too like if you get into too much dark stuff like it's depressing like oh yeah. my friend killed himself da, yeah da, da. you have to have some levity you can't just yeah drag the audience yeah down that the whole time yeah i because i mean you've heard of my suicide bit mm-hmm. about uh jumping off of a building in a speedo yep. and yep. uh like it's definitely a like i'm dealing with ideation mm-hmm. but dressing it up as like a as like a uh, an Ocean's Eleven style heist to get away <laughs> with it, you know it takes that that edge of uh, the uh, yeah it softens the edge because mm-hmm. I agree with you getting the gasps every once in a while like it's it's a good feeling but mm-hmm. when it comes to like you're saying when it comes to comedy I one I think it's easy I mm-hmm. think it's kind of an easy way out to get yeah certain we've seen performers who like that's their entire set. And yeah. every once in a while, there's a couple of like really clever ones in there, but most yeah. of the time, it's like, yeah, I'm I'm wanting to, um, as I de- develop my style and whatnot, yeah. I'm wanting to get into more like philosophical stuff, um, kind of like long form, yeah, stuff like you know guys like uh, Carlin did or Titus does. Mm-hmm. Um, and with Carlin too, this guy, he went, was, didn't he go like to Harvard or something like that? Or I Yale think so. Or yeah. Like he that? went to, he yeah, went he was to like, well, he's, he, so this guy, he's like this next level writer and stuff. So that, that's, it's quite a high mark to try to get into the range of, but you know, that's, that's what I aspire to do, man. I want to, I want to have like long talks about stuff that matters that people find yeah. uncomfortable normally. Like, you know uh, like modern time, like Mark Marin. Yeah. It's kind of like a good current example of yeah. somebody who's just like, I have some questions and we're going to explore it together. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. A, I think it's, a, I think it's a good thing, man. Cause like I said, I started out just doing a lot of, I, you know, quote unquote blue comedy, but it's like, you know, it's kind of lazy writing. You know? Yeah. You, like I know that at any, basically anybody can do that. Anybody yeah. can do it. Whether or not they can do it well and get away with it, that's an entirely different conversation. Yeah, but anybody but can do that. Anybody can write a joke about their balls. Yeah. 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 I, um, is, so to kind of bring it back, do you feel like, uh, does, does death put a timer on your work for you? If, if you let it, yeah. There, but what it it can't it can be a, in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. You just have to be aware that you have to make the most of your time because you know I'm I'm somebody that I'll get really excited about a project like I'll get script writing or whatever else, and then just life or whatever will catch up. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna set that down. Then months and months and months will go by, and then the next thing you know, a year's gone by, and it's like, yeah. well, you haven't you haven't finished this album, you haven't finish this movie you were going to write, you know? Mm-hmm. 
but having that awareness um, of uh, the inevitable um, can kind of help you scoot those things along uh, if you have if you have goals. You know what I'm saying? Like, and 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 I will say too, like you know, I was talking about the depression and the you know suicidal ideations and all that. I you know one of the biggest things that helps me for as as stressful as it is is being a, a single parent and having my kids with me yeah is because there's been times i've been really in a bad place mm-hmm. and then one of the kids just walk up and hug me out of nowhere and just snaps me right out of it yeah so i've i've been fortunate that way and i feel like i feel too um because of the different way my life is set up i i try to i try to be a good uh, mentor and friend to other comics and stuff like that where I can yeah. be. But sometimes I find myself kind of uh, feel like alienated or like, you know, separated from the group. Yeah. And, you know, part of that, part of that is maybe because I am so busy, like yeah. I might blow somebody off without realizing it. Yeah. Or, you know, I think that we're just dealing with different, different struggles in different ways our lives are set up so it makes it hard to sit down with some groups and relate because like you don't get it you're like single and 20 and living it up and i've got to go home and yeah you know clean up puke (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. so yeah like uh i mean a number of our comic friends are like single or in very new relationships Mm -hmm. and me and my partner have been together for almost a decade Mm -hmm. uh i'm turning 30 soon and they'll like want to sit and hang out and write jokes and i'm like i got a half hour <laughs> if you yeah. just want to like sit down and yeah pump some stuff out yeah i try I, like i said i try to i try to make time that's that's something else i've been having to do lately is you know like i said that clock look at that clock um, yeah i've been getting more serious about getting active again losing weight i was i was like a I was like over 240 at one point a couple of years ago. I'm I'm gonna be at 200 flat this week. Oh, I, nice I man. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I've been, yeah. been eating right, getting back to it. Um, but also, aside from the the physical health, of course, feeds into your mental health. Yeah. And then I'm also forced myself to make time to work on those creative things. Mm-hmm. You know, so that when I do have time to get away and do those things, I'll have material that's already ready to go. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. You know, as I say, you know, if you stay ready, you ain't going to get ready, you know? Yeah. So everything, everything's really been getting down to time management lately, for sure. And then, uh, like I said, losing, losing Connor, definitely hitting it harder than ever. Cause I'm like, all right, I'm going to see this shit through. I mean, it was already the plan, but now I got a little bit more of a fire under my ass because it's like, you know, it's like, like they say, every, everybody ain't going to make it and everybody can't go. Yeah. So now I personally put that pressure on myself to make sure that somebody does. Yeah. 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 I felt the same way because like Connor and I, we weren't super close, Mm -hmm. uh, but we performed together a lot. And he was a comic that I respected because I'd seen him grow Mm. over the last few years. um, And like to see how far he went in such a small amount of time Mm -hmm. from like, you know, like three years ago, three years ago, he was funny, Mm -hmm. but it was still like you, you, you could tell there was still like a lot of, um, 
chipping away at that that marble that he was doing. Mm-hmm. And then the last time I saw him perform, which was like a week and a half before he passed, it was like boom, 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 boom with all of his stuff, and it was like fuck, dude. Yeah, he had he had really gotten into his stride lately. Um, a few months ago, we just got back to hitting mics together again, yeah. going down to Austin, riding together a lot to shows and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And uh, yeah, just just witnessing it, I, I would be in awe of him sometime. Like, man, how is he? He's just on it, you know. Yeah. And then like his uh, his ability to communicate with so many different kinds of people and move seamlessly yeah. between networks and yeah, to get his brand out there. And he he's basically got his own Jeezy snowman shirt with the with his face. Yeah, you know dude. Saying? To Everywhere s- to see that collage of all of the people from like it's amazing all over just being like this guy's funny. He was just uh you know he's just like you know the rest of us. He comes from comes from poverty and hard times but he's somebody that at some point along the way decided that i'm gonna be happy and i'm gonna yeah. smile you know yeah. and, and and i'm gonna spread good energy and that's like the biggest takeaway i think uh from his life and and whatnot they left behind was that this man was sick with a disease he had yeah like, he had lesions all over his body he had to wear an adult adult diaper a lot of times we have to stop a lot so he could pee on the road yeah he was in very rough shape, but he yeah. like like I said the night of the uh, that that open mic we did, I was like you know he risked life and limb every week to do this because he loved it and he loved you guys, um, and he was he was serious about it and I knew I knew in my heart of hearts um, for a while uh, with his health that he wasn't gonna make it on the road or anything like that yeah long term it just wasn't gonna work out, um, but I will say he made the most of the time. He did have wives here, and he made the most of every opportunity, and he made a lasting impact, um, and I hope a good one. I hope that the younger guys that did get to see him some, uh, maybe even if they weren't as close, I hope that they looked at him as somewhat of a mentor and that they take the good things that he left behind, yeah. his legacy, you know? Yeah, yeah, because he was one of the people at, especially for like the Central Texas scene, Mm-hmm. and like especially because we both know austin the austin comedy scene is um clicky it it, it can be clicky and yeah. it can be it can be hostile to people who aren't from austin yeah and that when the scene was here he was somebody who was a big spearhead and being like mm-hmm. no clicks we're all comics mm-hmm. we're all fucked up individuals who are just trying to make each other laugh so like let's keep that energy I know for me, that's one thing that I definitely want to take mm-hmm. that he that he was a pioneer of. And that was like, he didn't care if somebody was funny or not. The fact that they were going up and trying, mm-hmm. you could tell he had respect for those people. Yeah, it's facts. It's facts. And he was the, he was the first person in comedy uh, around when I very first started that came to me and, you know, gave me my props and stuff like outside yeah. of Twice is Funny. And... We immediately hit it off, became friends right from that moment. Yeah. So, yeah, he was definitely somebody I I looked up to, and I I was admittedly even jealous at times. Like, man, like this, like he's he's getting booked, he's all over the place, and then you know my shows would eventually pick up here and there. But but, yeah, man, like I got to work harder. Yeah, I got to work harder. Then and that's a good feeling if your peers make you want to work harder and to to know that it's doable 
Yeah. You know, he's, he's facing every struggle there is to have. Yeah. And he's doing it. So what's my problem? Yeah. My, yeah, yeah. Pro- my problem is, is I'm being fucking lazy. Yeah. So snap out of it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually yeah. do the, cause like you were saying with all of his health issues, the fact that, I mean, he was probably aware he was on a, a limited time clock as well. Mm-hmm. And you can see in his work that he like just fucking pushed through with. He did. Yeah. He did for sure. And I, th- I think that's what we've all been trying to do. Like I said, you no. Know, um, I, you know, over the year, like I said, I was podcasting and I built a website and I yeah. put out merch and I've worked with all kinds of different scenes and people and got shows coming up, you know, yeah. um, actually headlining in Austin on the 1st of December. 1st of December. Right. This will yeah. be out like the week before. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. But, uh. Yeah, man, it's just been uh, it's been a wild ride, man. It's been a wild ride, and uh, you know, you mentioned the Austin clickiness. I'm I'm moving I'm moving out that way. Like I'm finishing up uh, in clean in the coming months. Hopefully by May, get the house back on the market, and then I'm gonna roll out and work my way through that yeah. entire. You know, yeah, good luck. That's a that's jungle. a gauntlet. That's it is difficult to fight through. It is, but I feel like. As long as you don't get wrapped up in the drama and BS and just focus on being funny, yeah, the talented, the most talented people are gonna are gonna rise up at the end of the day. Yeah, they'll they'll they'll, they'll come to the surface and things will pan out as they're supposed to be. Yeah, and you know I've been fortunate too. Like I said, like with Connor's passing, I had uh, a couple people reach out. So there's pe- like I'm already starting to have a network that's gonna be there when I get there because there's yeah. people looking forward to me getting out there to work. So yeah. I'm definitely. You know, I've I've reached the limits of what I can do here in the clean area. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful for the lessons and stuff I got here and for developing here and stuff, but it's it's time to time to move on. Yeah, time the next to, step of growth at, with at, with what you do. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Now we're gonna do a, we're gonna do a real hard pivot okay. just because I'm curious. I really wanna know what you're gonna say on this. Okay. What do you think happens to me when I die? I think that when you die, that the, like I talked about, that driving force, yeah, that energy, your your soul, whatever you want to call it, um, returns to the light spectrum mm-hmm. that connects all things. And you may, your essence may come out in the form of all kinds of different life or factors of life it could be the wind it could be the rain it could be you know a bird whatever but over time i think eventually you probably cycle back to here possibly if through whatever algorithm all this stuff works and works out that way yeah um i don't think that you should be fearful of a hell i don't think you should be fearful of nothingness because nothingness is an anomaly that does not exist yeah it's not a thing yeah it's because the 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 infinite is what is and is what will be. Yeah, it's definitely so. With the nothingness and the hell are definitely like two of the big fears mm-hmm. that I say got me to make this podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, being raised in the church with the fire and brimstone. The if you don't, you know, Jesus loves you and he died for you. But if you don't do things right, he's gonna just kick you. To the yeah. curb. Yeah, I don't. I don't believe that, and I I believe 
I believe so strongly in the things that, you know, I talk about the energy exchange and all that. Like I said, if you've done psychedelics, you've done the ego death, you've went down that rabbit hole. Yeah. You realize that our brains are like a radio receiver or a TV. We're set to a certain frequency. Mm -hmm. That's where we're at. That doesn't mean that other things outside of that frequency band don't exist. Yeah. So what some might call hallucinations or or being a waking dreams or whatever. Yeah. Um, those things could possibly exist. Those yeah. could be there. You know what I'm saying? And you could yeah. be part of that. This is just where we're at. This is why our our sensory stuff works. Well, the way we touch things, the way we feel things. Yeah. Um, the way we hear things, see things. And then, then you filter that through your the way your brain's set up and how you perceive them. So everybody has their own experience of yeah. the same events. You know? Yeah. I was actually last night at one of the parties we were at. I was talking to somebody about that because he was saying he believes in, in like an objective universe. Mm-hmm. And I was saying I believe in a subjective, that there is an objective aspect to it, which mm-hmm. is the hard data. Mm-hmm. You know, like there is no sound, it's wavelengths. No, you know, same with light. It's wavelengths, our software and our hardware interprets it mm-hmm. and then does something with it so we can make sense of the hard data that's coming out. So it would make sense that like we have no evolutionary need to be able to detect spirits or to be able to detect that that will or that driving force that you're talking about well yeah and you know um aside from the psychedelics just the just like the normal life stuff i've had so many weird i don't i wouldn't even call them coincidences just things that you see unfolding yeah and a lot of times when i've been in distress or something i'll just i'll have this uh this moment where it's quiet and I'm out somewhere. Like I remember this one time I was in a bad depression and going through a breakup and stuff. And I'm walking uh, down the road. And as I'm walking, this fucking deer comes out of nowhere from my left side to charge me. It's got its head down. It's charging me. And it runs into a chain link fence right beside me and snaps its neck and dies in front of me. Jesus Christ. This is something that really happened. Yeah. And I'm sitting there looking at it like I'm shook. Like what the fuck? fuck just happened yeah and my interpretation was of that was at the time was because i was being so emotionally charged i wasn't looking at where i was going or what the results might be i was just reacting yeah and it was over time going to be detrimental to me in a very serious way if i didn't get a hold of it yeah like the universe literally sent you a message like slow down or you will snap your neck and this is something that i strongly believe in because of moments like that that i've had and then i went through a similar moment years and years later i'm just walking on post in korea and i hear a rustle in the grass i look over and there's a a deer is like walking right up on me again yeah like we've made eye contact and it took off and it was just like it's kind of like a a little extra nod, a little reminder, a little bump on the shoulder. Yeah, just and be it, like, remember the first deer you saw. Yeah, it's it's so weird. Like yeah. it's just I've had I've had countless things like that happen. That I'd really have to sit down and pick it apart. But neither here nor there. I just think that specific example um, really helps uh, put things in perspective as far as what I believe and and how I think things yeah. work. Because, like I said, no matter how stressed out you get worried you are if you can just focus on being and dealing with the tasks at hand the answers will come to you yeah peace will come to you yeah you just have to push through it and when you're ready to receive that message 
it'll come like yeah it'll, it'll come. yeah carl young talks about those calls them synchronicities mm-hmm. which is like coincidences with uh subjective um significance mm-hmm. where you know if you told that story to anybody else or if anybody else saw that deer mm-hmm. they'd be like oh that was fucking crazy mm-hmm. but it wouldn't mean anything to them but with you going mm-hmm. with through what you were going to see to be in that moment is definitely like regardless if you believe in something like an, an external higher power or anything like that, it's mm-hmm. still like a very kind of like a message for you mm-hmm. kind of situation. Yeah. I a percent believe in that kind of stuff. Cause like I say anytime something like super random yeah, or like I'll, I'll, I'll stop what I'm doing and I'll make a note of it. And then like, I'll start looking at like, uh, into spiritual meanings of different things like and it's not it's not often this is a rare thing it's not something i obsess over yeah but if it just comes at the right time and the right stuff's going on like okay what what am i trying to be steered towards or notified or you know what i'm saying yeah so that's that's just kind of that's how i deal with things like i said just uh persistence consistency and calm yeah 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 that's beautiful i like that and I mean, this is going to be a little bit on the shorter end of an episode. If there's anything else you want to talk about, or if you think that's a good spot, I I think that's a that's a perfect place to stop. Do you have anything else? Or no, that was okay. just. I think I think ending on that deer story is just yeah. like a phenomenal because somebody's going to hear this and mm. think about a situation like that that happened to them, mm. and then they're going to reflect on their deer story. And that's that's all we want at the end of the day like uh whether there's a heaven or hell or not I, the energy exchange thing is real and i believe the more good uh good deeds and good works and and uh, good messages you put out uh the better served everybody will be yeah. everybody will be happier in the end yeah i agree all right, so before we sign off, I like to have all of my guests recite one of my favorite Buddhist prayers. That's kind of like the mantra of this show. Okay. Uh, and that is, aging is normal for me. Illness is normal for me. Death is normal for me. So if you can sign us off with that. Okay. Um, aging, what was it? Aging, aging is normal for me. Uh-huh. A- yeah. Aging and illness? Yeah. And death. And okay. death. Aging is normal for me. Illness is normal for me, and death is normal for me. Pat, no, man. Thank you for dropping by. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is good. This is great. Thanks. Thanks.